I feel like when God speaks to you, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to partner and walk with God. It's the Holy Spirit inviting you into some new journey. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When His love leads, a remarkable story follows. You're listening to part one of Caleb's story, When Heaven and Earth Collide. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. For the past 10 years, since 2008, I've been uh, doing missions work, and the Lord has called me to different indigenous people and tribal areas, mostly in Southeast Asia and and uh, Pacific Islands. But in 2013, I woke up from a dream one morning, and uh, I always carry this journal with me, and I, I write in my journal a lot. So when I woke up from my dream this, this one morning, I uh, wrote it down, everything that I saw in the dream. And basically in the dream, I was standing on top of this mountain and I was looking out across the mountain and I saw a tribe of people and I had never seen this tribe before. So I asked them, what tribe are you? What people are you? And they said, we are the Tinananan tribe. And I had never heard that word Tinananan before. I started kind of watching the tribe and what they were doing. And there was this one chief or prominent leader of the tribe, and he started uh, coming up to the front, and he was carrying this musical instrument. I was very interested in this instrument when I saw it because it was shaped like a circle. It had uh, 30 strings going all the way around the instrument, and it was going from the outside to the to the middle of the instrument and the the bottom of the instrument was shaped like a bowl i'm actually an instrument maker that's my profession it's been my my field of study so in my dream it was almost like you put a pause in the dream and you can i zoomed in to this instrument and i kind of suddenly got a full download of of everything about this instrument, what dimensions the instrument was and what material it was made out of, um, even like how it was tuned and how it was played. And after that, I kind of zoomed back out and this tribal chief, he took the instrument and he put it on the table and he took two small sticks and he began to play this instrument. And as he played, like the whole tribe started to dance and they started to worship. And um, this kind of sound of worship just filled the place. And it was as if heaven and earth just kind of collided. And after that, I, I woke up from the dream. And I really believe that God speaks in dreams. He's spoken to me many times through dreams. And so I really value that. And so I took my uh, journal and immediately started writing everything that I saw in this dream I uh, wrote that word, Tinananan, 
although I had a hard time spelling it out. And uh, I also drew pictures of what I saw in the dream. I drew the bowl. I drew this wooden ring that goes around the bowl, uh, the strings that go from the outside to the middle um, that had wooden pegs. Uh, two sticks that you you know you hold. I and I just drew all, everything that I saw, and I drew the dimensions and the materials and all that kind of stuff. The information that I got, the way that I usually kind of respond to the Lord is, I feel like when God speaks to you, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to partner and walk with God. It's not just God commanding you to do things or God just saying, do this, do that. But it's, a, it's, a, it's the Holy Spirit inviting you into some new journey that, that he's calling you into. And it's connected to you. It's connected to your DNA and your calling. So I really value that a lot. And I really uh, thought that um, this would be a really exciting thing to follow with the Lord and I started seeing if this word Tinenanun was, if there was any kind of tribe or uh, people group called the Tinenanun, and um, I couldn't, I couldn't find anywhere um, about this tribe. Tried to, um, you know, look at different books and look on online, and I contacted different. Um, organizations like Wycliffe Bible Translators and Summer Institute of Linguistics to see if they knew anything about this tribe. But um, everywhere where I searched, I could not find that word thinanin. I tried the different spellings. I tried different ways of saying it, different ways of spelling it, but just couldn't find anything there. So I kind of gave up on that. But I was still interest. I was still really interested in this instrument, and like. I, as an instrument maker, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this thing. And I felt like I could do it, even though I, I was not really familiar with um, working with metal and wood and putting them together. I was not familiar with that, but I was up for the, for the challenge. And um, so I got into my shop, and I just kept breaking this thing. I kept... I kept um, breaking things and snapping things. I could not figure out this one process. And uh, I got I got really frustrated, and I was like, I'm just going to put this thing to the side. <laughs> I just couldn't figure it out. And so I kind of gave up on the whole dream. I felt like I had done my part, and I wasn't getting anywhere. So <laughs> I just kind of gave it up. Um, but some time had passed, and I was down in another part of the, of the Philippines um, in an island called Mindanao, which is the southern part, and this is where we do a lot of our ministry. And so I was on a jeepney, which is like a public transportation, and there was this man that was sitting like on the other side of me, and um, he kept just staring at me. Like over, like I could tell this guy was staring at me, and I was like, "What's this guy doing?" You know, and um, every time that I would look at him, he would like look away, you know. And uh, finally, I was like, "I'll just start talking to him." And so I knew I know the the national language of the Philippines, which is Tagalog, Tagalog. So I started to talk to him in Tagalog, and um, as I was talking to him, um, it turns out that he's a believer. 
And uh, so anyway, we're chatting in the right middle, right in the middle of our conversation. I heard the Lord speak to me and it wasn't an audible voice or anything. It was just, I felt, I felt the voice of God, if that makes sense. And the Lord said, I want you to ask that man about the Tinnanan. <laughs> and I was like, inside, I was like, no, I'm not going to ask this man about the Tinnanan. Like, I've, I've gone there, you know, I've already tried to do all my research and everything. But the Lord said, he said, ask this man about the Tinnanan. And I was like, all right. So I built up the courage and I said, uh, sir, I said, um, do you happen to know Tinnanan? And I just kind of left it at that, you know, I just said it like that. As soon as I said that word, Tinnanan, his eyes got really big and he leaned in and he said, hey, that's my people. He said, that's my tribe. How do you know my people? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I was blown away and I was kind of like speechless. And he was like, how do you know about my people? And so I was like, tell me everything you know about your tribe. Tell me about your tribe. So he starts telling me all about it. And basically it's this tribal group that's up in the uh, one kind of deep mountainous region of Mindanao which is that same island. This area is a, a, a really dangerous place. Um, no one from outside goes to this place. Um, if you ask anyone, if you, anyone from the Philippines uh, about this place, they're like, oh, that's, you don't go there. And this tribe is located in this, in this, these mountains. And he said that this, this mount, uh, this tribe is, somewhere between 70 and 100,000 people. So it's a very large tribe, and they're sort of scattered in uh, different pockets throughout the mountains. And so I was like, hey, look, I don't know where you're going today or what you're doing, but I want to show you something. And so he stopped at, at the place that I was staying at, which was one of our homes there, and I had my journal with me, so I pulled out my journal and I showed it to him. You know, this was the journal that I wrote like, I don't know, six months before uh, about that dream. And I wrote the word Thinanun and I, you know, he he's reading my journal entry and he's just say, shaking his head and he's tears coming down his face. And uh, he said, he said, remember earlier on the bus, I kept looking at you. And I was like, yeah, what was that all about? And he was like, I kept looking at you. And the reason why is because I've seen you before. He said, I've seen you before. And I just realized where I saw you. I also saw you in a dream. Let me tell you a little bit about his life before I tell you the dream. But basically, he is a Tinnanan man that was born in the Tinnanan tribe. And then he, as a young man, left the tribe, and he went to the city, uh, the big city called Davao, and he grew up there basically in the city where he, and he came, came to know Jesus when he was there in the city. And then God called him back to the tribe. Called, God called him back to the Dinananan. And when God called him back, he um, 
he had this dream. And in the dream, he had gone back to the Dinananan tribe. And then he saw me in his dream. And I came and joined him. And he and I began to minister and bring the good news of Jesus to his people. And so that was his dream. And then we were like, oh, this is, this is just... Uh, this is just God, just put us together. He ended up staying with us for two or three days, and we ended up praying together and worshiping, and I had a lot of my team members with me who are also tribal leaders, and we all worshiped together and prayed together for a few days, and he invited me to his tribe, and I said, um, yeah, I would, love, I would love to go to your tribe. But I need to ask my wife first. <laughs> I need to talk to my wife. By the way, my wife was uh, eight months pregnant at that time. Just to go to this tribal area, which is a very dangerous place, um, right before our first child was born, is a big decision that we had to make. I told um, this man, his name was Manigos. I told him, uh, just give me some time. I want to get back home. I want to talk to my wife. And so I went back home and I talk, talked with Gladys. We felt like the Lord's hand was on it. And if the Lord showed us up to this point, then he would continue to be with us. So um, I decided that I was going to go, but I, I wanted to get back in the shop and try to, try to make this instrument again. I really got focused and I asked the Holy Spirit to help me. And the Lord gave me wisdom, gave me insight on the process of what to do. I say with the help of the Holy Spirit and my wife, we were able to get it. <laughs> and it was, uh, I finally, finally made this instrument. I thought it was a pretty cool instrument. It sounded cool. I remember putting the strings on for the first time, and uh, I tuned it up the way that I heard it in the dream. And I got the two little sticks and I started to play it. And it was that same sound. It was the same sound that I heard in the dream. And I was like, it's it. This is it. And I remember being real. I mean, I was just really excited about it. And I remember buying the plane ticket that day for the next day to go down there. And so I took this instrument with me, flew down there. I um, met one of my best friends who's a tribal guy. He's kind of like my right-hand man, and uh, his name is Ansulao. And so Ansulao and I, we met Manigos uh, right at the border of the mountain range. And uh, so it was three of us, all three of us. We got on this one little motorbike. It was like a 120cc little, little motorcycle, motorbike. And the, the mountainous range is just so steep and um undeveloped mountainous range so it's just like there was just a rain a big storm that came in the day before so it was really muddy it was very hard um to get through there and then while we were on this motorbike another storm came and I was trying to hold this instrument and I couldn't hold it to my left or my right so I had to put it above my head and so imagine just like three people on a little motorcycle, little motorbike, and I was holding this musical instrument above my head trying to balance. There was a hanging bridge. 
which consisted of like two ropes and some wood planks. And, um, and just as we got across the bridge, uh, we were going up a hill, a really steep hill. And the, the little motorbike, it was a piece. Like it just, it, it was very old. It had um, rubber strap strapped around everything. So everything was held together with a rubber strap. Well, the, it popped out of gear and it went into neutral. And it's three of us on a motorbike. That's pretty heavy. It's a pretty heavy weight on a motorbike and we're going uphill and it pops into neutral. So next thing you know, we're going backwards back towards the cliff and uh, we hit this stone or rock or something and just all of us went flying and um, thank the Lord, we landed in this like smooth green patch of grass, just almost like fluffy. Yeah. And we... (laughs) We were like, oh my goodness, like just feet away from the cliff, the drop-off cliff. Um, as we were coming into the tribal group, the Tindanan area, just as we were coming in there, I heard the Lord say again, Caleb, I want you to take the instrument to the chief. I was like, okay, where's the chief's house? And so we started asking like where the chief's house was. And Manigos didn't know, so he started asking around. And it turns out that the, the the chief's house was three and a half hours on the other side of the mountain. So it was already uh, afternoon by that time. I can't remember exactly when, but so we got back on the motorbike, went across. And by the time we got to his house, it was, um, you know, late afternoon, almost evening. We just had mud all over our bodies. We came up to the house and knocked on his house is just a small little wooden house. And uh, he opened the door and there there was the chief of the Tinananan tribe. And uh, I'm sure he was like, what's this uh, white foreigner and these two other guys with him doing? But I basically said, um, you know, we are, I am coming to your tribe for the first time. And I said, um, uh, before I go to different parts of your tribe, I just wanted to give this as a gift to you. And so I just handed the instrument to him. He didn't know what it was. Like, he took it because it, it was covered. It was covered by this, like, you know, kind of veil blanket thing. And so we put it on the table, and we uh, took the, the the blanket off of it. And when we took it off, he saw this instrument, and he he started staring at it and we were just kind of talking with the chief but he kept looking at this instrument over and over again and he kept asking me where did you get this instrument from and I just said well I just kind of made it and he was like no no I'm I'm serious where did you get this instrument from and I said really I just you know had some ideas I just put them together and I made it and I was trying to beat kind of beat around the bush but he, was, he, he asked me, he said, I'm serious, tell me, where did you get this instrument from? And I said, well, if you really want to know. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in Friday for the rest of Caleb's story. We believe that God drew you to this podcast today. We pray that you would ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that he is trying to tell you through this story? 
we invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org.